It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, 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 we are back, and it's going to be a short show because I have to jet out to Ann Arbor because I have been uh, kind of taking a little time to myself for once. It's been like a month and a half. I'm allowed, I think, since we're right before football season. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, uh, Isaiah Hall, publisher of Wolverines Wire, the USA Today Sports Media Group. And, uh, yeah, what you uh, hear at the outset here is a little something I'm working on, a little heavy. It's fun, right? It's maybe a little much, but I don't care. We're doing it. Um, anyway, we are going to get into some of the stuff I should have gotten into last week and some of the, one of the things that happened over the weekend. We're going to try to keep this around 21 minutes. This is going to be the, one of the shorter shows because, like I said, I got to jet out to Ann Arbor. I do not have time to dilly-dally, doddle, whatever you want to use. So let's just get into it. We're going to start out talking about uh, a couple of things that Don Brown and Josh Gaddis said coming out of their uh, their media availability. We'll throw Pepper in a little bit of uh, the four guys we got on Friday night. Um, there wasn't like a ton that I thought was like particularly whoa, except for, and this will tie in. So we'll get late, you know, we'll get to the Josh Gaddis play calling thing, uh, because we're gonna hear we're gonna talk about Mike Loxley's little little deal with him. But uh, that was like the big thing I thought kind of coming out of Josh Gaddis to some degree was his saying like, hey, listen, I I came up with the game plans at Alabama. You know, Mike Loxley can look at my, you know, he, he might sit there and eschew my ability to call plays because I haven't done it before. I called one play that ended up in a, you know, winning the game against Iowa when he was with Penn State. He didn't go into that much detail, but it figured it out real, real quick. So there's just uh you realize that, you know, he, he worked behind the scenes at Alabama to create the game plans according to him. And uh, so that's uh that gives you a little bit of confidence. Not to mention, he said like, Hey, we do these call it periods. Where, uh, where we are, we don't have our play sheets. We're just, you know, Jim Harbaugh says during practice, like, all right, here's the situation. Go for it. You're not sitting there having time. It's kind of a similar, simulated game kind of deal. And that's the type of thing that Josh Gaddis has had to do, you know, through spring, fall camp so far. So you get a, he gets, he gets kind of like a practice, like a warm up. So like he says, when I get out onto that field, when I'm where he's up in the press box, when I get there, then I know exactly what will be uh, what will be the deal there. So you gotta like that, and I guess we'll just get into the Mike Loxley thing right now uh, because that's uh, we've just kind of got a lot of little things that I want to talk about. Um, nothing, I'm not really planning this particular episode because I got Jim Harbaugh in uh, an hour and a half, so I gotta get. But uh, wanted to get you guys a podcast. So I thought it was really funny that Mike Loxley comes out uh, apparently on Saturday and kind of fires a shot. It's like, I don't care how many notebooks he has. Like, you know, you can sit there and have notebooks, and but I'm the offensive coordinator, essentially, is what he's, uh, essentially what he's saying. Uh, I'd have to actually uh, look again, but uh, it, exactly what he said. I mean, it was said, uh, where is it? 
says, Josh knows the truth. And I think that's really important to understand. I know there's a difference between suggestions and decisions and he'll have an opportunity to make decisions. He's got a job to do. I've got a job to do here. I want to talk about my coordinator, the guys I have in our program, blah, blah, blah. But he knows the truth. And I've said before, there's a difference between suggestions and decisions. I'm sure that notebook he has upstairs has a lot of suggestions in them. And hopefully he will utilize them in the right way and make good decisions like I did for Alabama. I mean, it's a minor shot. But why do you want, like, Michigan, I, I'm high on Maryland. Let's put that out there. I, I think Maryland, I've been high on Maryland for multiple years, and I think if they just didn't have the worst stroke of luck, they'd be a much better team, like 8-4 and four at least. But, you know, fourth down to the fourth-string quarterback by game two two years ago, all the DJ Durkin stuff last year, I think they're in good hands with Mike Loxley. They've got some good talent, but, man, do you really want to poke the bear? You remember when, when Jim, when another incoming school from the Big Ten poked the bear with Jim Harbaugh? Rutgers did it twice. <laughs> Rutgers did it at halftime in the 2015 game, and Michigan buried them, and then they did it with the whole Chris Ash fence the garden thing going into the 2016 game, and 78 to nothing. Didn't get their first, first down until late in the game. So, I mean, I, I would just... Maybe caution, don't don't go nuts. Don't poke the bear if you're Maryland because you are not on an even playing field. Yes, that game is in Maryland. Half that crowd will be Michigan. So don't poke the bear. Why would you do it? Just, just say, hey, yeah, he did come up with suggestions. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it works out for him now that he's running the show. Excited to see what happens for him because you know what? I didn't read it, but I saw that Joe Moorhead came out in support and said, like, listen, this guy's ready to call plays. Hat tip to Aaron McMahon who uh, aggregated that. Joe Moorhead, now the head coach of Mississippi State, like, yeah, Josh Gaddis, ready. He's, he's ready. He's up for the task. He's ready to do it. Why Mike Loxley? I think it, it has to do with the fact that Mike Loxley thought he was getting Josh Gaddis to be his offensive coordinator in last possible second. Didn't work out. That has to be it. So, it's funny how that goes. But, uh, yeah, not a good situation there. Uh, for, for Maryland, Michigan, that's, Michigan will be fine, right? Uh, speaking of Michigan, Don Brown. Uh, he, the most interesting things he had to say, I think we're just uh, kind of looking back at the Ohio State game. Saying like, listen, this is the this is the line I like the best. If this is a, the one I talking about the zone, he said like, like, yeah, there's more zone elements. We we are more versatile, is the way he put it. There are more zone elements. We are more adept at covering the things that ailed us last year. So here's what he had to say. He said, here's the big thing. Have your beliefs. Have your convictions. That's what fuels you. If uh, you don't like that, somebody else will be doing my job, and I'll be back in Cape Cod. I like it when he adds the article he didn't do it this time because he last year he kept on saying i'll be back in the cape cod but for three years we built our reputation here on aggressive like every other coach in the country you have to evaluate evaluate you have to adjust on a week-to-week basis the one thing i can tell you is that we're more prepared versatility wise and coverage but the aggressive nature will never change in a matter of fact i would like it to be more aggressive that's huge right there more aggressive take that zone people because guess what zone people if you if he if he comes out and he's less aggressive. He's going to tell you here in a minute. I'm going to read it to you. If he's less aggressive, guess what's going to happen? He's going to 
you're going to see a bend don't break defense and the same people that are crying foul at how things and you know went in one game Florida doesn't count Michigan was without major playmakers Florida attacked where Devin Bush wasn't just like Florida State attacked where Jabril Peppers wasn't but you can't just change everything for one game yes you have to make you have to change things you don't change everything so here's why he explains why you don't switch to a zone. The bottom line is there's an element in the run game, whether it's an inside zone or an outside type zone. You have an element where there could be some QB run involved or they're throwing the ball. It requires you to be sound in your run fits and get those guys covered. Well, in most zone coverages, you're not getting those guys covered because guys are fitting in the run game where they're supposed to be fitting in the zone deal. That's a concern. As a defensive coordinator, you have to make sure you have enough guys to handle the run game and the numbers is more important and obviously get those guys covered. So, all good stuff. All right, we have to move on. We don't have a lot of time, like I said, so we are going to go straight to the reads. Uh, here we go. <laughs> a lot of fantasy football players, make sure to listen to Vinny Iyer and Lockdown Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else, then you are the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. More stuff. Let's talk more of what uh, what these guys had to say, what uh, some of the players had to say, and then we'll finish out. I'll just kind of reiterate some of the stuff that I had heard from uh, coming out of uh, – Coming out of my inside source, I've, I'll tell you this: submarine in full effect, at least for me. All the all the guys that have uh, you know, I've provided you stuff over the course of the last several years, whether it was at twenty four seven Sports or Wolverine's Wire. Some of the same people that normally give me something, they ain't talking. Submarine. It is what it is. You know what? Good for them. I I ain't mad at it. I don't really care that much, right? But. Let's uh let's go to the players I think uh that might be the more you know the bigger thing. Um when I'm looking at uh let's see who the guys who are standing out. That might be kind of a kind of a deal, right? Like we're hearing uh Giles Jackson name come up which is good and hearing, you know, Mike Sainer still uh still you're hearing uh Eric Hall still which is good. Uh obviously Daxton Hill doesn't sound like he's necessarily slated right away for a starting spot, and we'll talk about that in here in a minute. But uh, that was one of the th- most interesting things coming from the players, really. Uh, but the other thing is just kind of the, like, from the offensive guys, some of the offense stuff I thought was really interesting. Sean McCune, definitely pretty excited. It's a different feel, honestly. Feel like we're attacking defenses more than them trying to attack us. We're trying to dictate the tempo and get at their weak spots. It's a different feeling than years past, so I'm definitely excited for those games. Uh, saying that Gaddis really makes sure that he, you know, 
trying to spread the ball, playmakers, right? You're not trying to be have a balance in as far as run and pass. You're trying to have a balance as far as different guys touching the ball. So uh, I think that's a that's pretty interesting. I think that's a really good stuff. Um, the running backs thing. Mike Spath had an interesting thing where he said he's hearing True Wilson's uh, the the guy right now, which doesn't wouldn't surprise me. Josh Gaddis said there were five guys. Josh Metellus pointed at three. You can kind of get an idea just by like you know deciphering all of the different things that are being said. But it sounds like it's True Wilson probably in the lead. Zach Charbonnet and Christian Turner. Uh, I think Spath had someone different than Christian Turner as the number two. But nonetheless, those are the guys that I, I everyone's pretty much mentioned them as being the guys who are really taking up. Yeah, Spath had Ben Van Sumeren. But uh, the players that we talked to, they didn't mention Ben Van Sumeren. But Gaddis did. Gaddis said that Ben Van Sumeren's been really good. And hey... One of the things that uh, about that is it doesn't sound like it's like the, you know, the ceiling's low and the bottom's creeping up. It sounds more from everything that I've heard from all these various people is that it's it's more of a high ceiling situation. All these guys are stepping up. Credit to Jay Harbaugh. Jay Harbaugh does not get enough credit, by the way. Jay Harbaugh is often maligned for some reason. I think people just assume he's not as good. For whatever reason, I couldn't tell you why. They just, he's had success at every position. You know, he gave you your first thousand yard back since Fitz Toussaint. And people are like, we just need to get a better running backs coach. It's absurd. It's like one of the ace recruiters, and like, you know, he had a Mackey Award winner at tight end, and people say, well, that would have happened with Jake Butt. Well, Jake Butt didn't win the Mackey the year beforehand. It's it's funny how that works. Credit to Jay Harbaugh. Uh, other interesting notes coming out of the guys. Talked to Carlo Kemp, asked him, because uh, Don Brown, one of the things Don Brown said that was really interesting was he hasn't seen anyone improve the way that Carlo Kemp has. Carlo says that it's really just you know recognition that he needs to be more serious because this is it. This is his last go-round. He's got he's to do it right now. That's it. Um, I think it's just, you know, he's finally comfortable. This is his second year playing defensive tackle. He knows what it takes more now. You always hear guys make the biggest jump from, you know, game one to game two, year one to year two. Well, it's kind of year two for Carlo Kemp, really. So I think it's really interesting. Sorry, we are going to cut it short because like I said, I just want to get you a podcast. I've. I've managed my time poorly in the last uh, however long. Had had some weekend things, had a photo shoot, went to NASCAR on Sunday. And my ass asked me to come and check it out. It was interesting. First time at NASCAR. So uh just just didn't have the the availability. So we are gonna move on. We we're gonna finish out. I'm gonna just kinda reiterate some of the things that I have been hearing, in case you didn't read. Uh, just from things that I heard, uh, one of my good sources did check in with me last week and talked about the secondary. So we will get into that momentarily. But you know what? The new Lockdown NFL is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows. 
The expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and hosted by Brian Peacock, Locked On NFL, is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's finish it out. I'm going to tell you uh, kind of some inside info. It didn't get a lot of reads like I thought it would. Maybe some other uh, outlets had some stuff. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but it did not get what I was hoping. So I'm going to give it to you here straight in just a second. As soon as my, uh, my ad can't seem to close when I'm trying to close. So technical difficulties. There we go. Uh, all right. Multiple things that I'd heard. Um, uh, Don Brown had mentioned the uh, the safety situation. He said it was a three-way race type deal at the moment with Daxton Hill uh, kind of not lagging. It's just, you know, true freshman. He's going through the bridge program, all that kind of stuff. But he said that uh, Metellus, obviously, all Big Ten candidate. And then he said Brad Hawkins, Jameric Woods on the other end. Daxton Hill, I've told, though, it looks the part of a five-star. an amazing center field player, covers a lot of ground, quote, but going through the bridge program, which is freshman classes and stuff. Ambry Thomas continuing to rehabilitate. I was told that sometimes it looks like could be back for Wisconsin. Might be the week after or two weeks after, depending on how things go. He's got his weight back, I've been told. Uh, so uh, he's active. He's just separate from part of the group. In the meanwhile... Jalen Kelly Powell's been filling that Brandon Watson role. He's playing both corner spots while Vincent Gray fills in for uh, Ambry's spot. Michigan won't have a true nickelback in 2019. They're going to go with more of a three-safety look. I know the nickelback is a safety in Michigan's defense, but really it's instead of going with the nickelback, I mean, you can either have the three corners or you can have three safeties. That's going to be essentially the deal. Told that DJ Turner, true freshman, Looks like he's right behind Vincent Gray, but he's raw. That probably means Jalen Perry needs a little bit more time in the strength room, stuff like that. And also told that uh, the defense had been getting the best of the offense through most of uh, fall camp so far. But uh, there is a feeling coming out of the defense that the offense is actually really, really good looking. That it is really doing some things. And that it's going to be 10 times better. So you hope that that's the case. Uh, because, I mean, if that's how things go, that's how things go. I mean, Michigan looks like it's in good spot. I mean, listen, a lot of optimism from everything I'm hearing. And obviously they have the right to be optimistic. But I'm feeling it too, like more and more. Like we hear things, uh, again, things I haven't mentioned at the top, which was uh, – you know, that the defensive front is really playing as fast as Don Brown can remember, which is echoing what Jim Harbaugh said. That was the first question that he got, which was from me. That uh, 
it, it that they're playing amazing up front. That the defense, the back seven is as in sync. Quote the defense back seven is as in sync as any group he's can remember. And then the offense just sounds like it's coming along. You hear a lot about Shea Patterson's leadership ability and a bunch of different things of that nature, and that's telling you that. I mean, between them, the receivers, heard a couple people say Ronnie Bell has really stepped up, looked really good. He had the best play at camp, according to the the players. Two different players said that on Friday. Ronnie Bell's been the guy. Everything looks like it's shaping up to be really good. I'm still going to say probably 11-1 and will be my prediction. I probably have to hold to that, to my Michigan won't beat Ohio State until I see it thing because really it's I've said that time and time again I don't know that I can revise that but there's not another game on that schedule that Michigan shouldn't win there's other really good teams Penn State Wisconsin Iowa Army Michigan State I think that Indiana game is going to be a lot harder than people are anticipating but Michigan has the talent to go out there and do to everyone, including Ohio State, they they really do. Because finally, you've got depth. Don Brown, we got eight, nine, ten guys on the defensive line that are going to be in rotation. If you would have told me that two months ago, I would have been like, would they get a couple more transfers? But you you got five guys that can f- fill two linebacker roles. Five guys that could start anywhere, according to Don Brown. Don Brown, like I've saw a lot of people saying, well, they're just trying to hype their guys up. That's not really what Don Brown is. Josh Gaddis might be. We don't know that yet. Don Brown, I mean, he's not Mike Zordich who flat out comes and says, yeah, this guy's not, you know. But Don Brown said, like, hey, we're looking for more from this guy or that guy and this guy. Right now, he's, this is all working out right now. So if you have a defense that, Talent-wise, should be one of the top defenses in the country. Are you really counting out Don Brown? Because I'm not. In offense, it sounds like they've got all the pieces. It just sounds like it's working. All right. That's all I got today. We will have a podcast tomorrow. We will have podcasts uh, every other weekday for the rest of the week. Because we are back. I'm going to manage my time better. We are back in the, uh, the whole deal, right? So tomorrow we'll talk about what Jim Harbaugh had to say. Uh, Probably listen to a little bit of it, play a little bit of read and react. So for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at on Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts, or online at wolverineswire.usa today where we post our daily podcast every single day that I do one, which is going to be every day now, to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Lockdown College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Lockdown College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.